Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today's gonna be fun. I brought in the best of the best when it comes to fun and holy. Listen, religion always wants to shut things down, wants to subdue, wants to put you down, but a relationship with God comes with life and life abundantly. So today we're gonna get real. We're gonna talk about real things. We're gonna talk about marriage. We're gonna talk about sex. We're gonna talk about things God made and he made them to be a blessing. So if you're here with your spouse and maybe today didn't quite feel like a blessing, Lean in, give each other some grace, love on each other, give each other a hug, sit down, and enjoy. And you're going to feel like, you know what? It's not just us. We're in this together. God has a good plan for you. If you're single in the house, don't check out. You're going to get wisdom, and you're going to get blessed today. So give somebody a high five. And would you guys help me welcome up the amazing Pastor Matt and Michaela Hubbard, San Marcos Campus Pastors, and my pastors. Amen. The tuggles. Come on, nothing like the tuggles. So refreshing. Man, we love coming to this campus. Let me see, where's all my single people? Raise your hand. Let's go. Wait, no, hands up. I'm gonna get a good look at you. Great. How many of you single people are in Awaken You? Let me see all my Awaken You students. Okay, we're now single or married. Who's in Awaken You? I want to see it. You guys are leading the way, all our campuses, straight fire up here. We are honored to be here. And, uh, hey, if you did get in a fight with your spouse on the way to church, don't worry about it. Just remember this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. You don't have to remind me. I'm right here. and blessing. I'm right here. I'm right here. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm right here, babe. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, even after we got ordained, we were still arguing on the way to church. I said, Lord, we got ordained. Wouldn't you take this? Help me. (laughs) No, then we just argued more. I know. What are you going to do? Come on. Iron sharpens iron. God can use it. Who's nervous? I think they're nervous. I can can tell. tell. I I feel it. I I feel feel like they're nervous. We have some crazy stories. They even make us nervous. These stories (laughs) in our life even make me nervous. We make our marriage counselor nervous. Yeah. (laughs) He came to church just to keep an eye on you guys, I heard. I heard he's going to your campus now. He switched churches to come to Awaken, and I... I th- he says it's because the church is so powerful and awesome, but I think it's he's got to keep his eyes on us to make sure we're staying in line. Awesome. No, it's good. Well, before we we're we're calling this the hot seat Hubbard style. Okay, so I'm gonna just throw questions at you. We're gonna get real and raw. But do you guys have any like precursors? Anything you need to say to the people, or, or are you ready to just jump right in? I'm no, gonna listen, give you that. I, I do want to give because what I do find is. Just a little background. I think that's really important so you can understand. My wife and I are very passionate about marriage. Uh, We uh, get to oversee the marriage getaway in this church, which is going to be amazing. And we're really believing to have a marriage getaway up here in Park City for all of you and Boise. So uh, if you want to believe and fight for that, but you you got to know that we're, we're passionate because it comes from a place of pain, meaning my parents were in the church, married 32 years, had two boys, loved Jesus, and uh, after 32 years of marriage, threw in the towel. Wow. 
And uh, the way that they came to drop that bomb on me was when I was doing an internship in D.C., and they flew out there to, like, they thought that'd be smart. Let's fly out while he's at internship and tell me. Uh, we were, they thought that if they just book a really nice restaurant, maybe it'd be a good idea. And uh, when they broke the news to me, I stood up and slammed my fist down on the table, and I said, get home and figure it out. Wow. It's not going to end this way. Uh, and I said that because when you're raised at, you know, I think I was 23 at the time, 23 years of programming, like we love Jesus, divorce isn't an option. Because uh, my dad didn't have an affair, he wasn't abusive, amazing dad. Uh, they just lost their way. So I tell you that is you can have Jesus and still have a marriage fail. Wow. And, and don't let this tweak you, but it's true. In my parents' life, Jesus wasn't enough. Because of his relationship. And, but they thought they were great Christians and everything was fine. They were Christianese. Wow. Meaning everything here made sense. But when all crap started hitting the fan, wow. they folded like a deck chair. Wow. And so I just want to encourage you today. We don't mess around when it comes to this area. Because I'm not going to let this be a Christian service where you feel good, you hear a scripture, and let you leave here, and you're still in dysfunction junction. Because if you don't get, you don't get in the trenches, and start arm, you start arm barring the devil in your relationship, kick him out of your house, kick him out of your, you know, this relationship that God has created a covenant with you about. God can only get in the middle if you invite him, let him, and expose every lie. And so we're here to encourage you today that we take this pretty serious. We have fun. We've seen it all. We're not intimidated by anything. But the more Christianese and pretendy you get, the more hell you're going to go through in marriage. The more you just want to let your mask off and just get real and talk about the real things, which can be offensive to some Christians, uh, then you're going to see your life flourish. And we, if we're going to say, hey, we're waking church, we're fresh, real, and powerful, you don't get to powerful until you get real. Whoa. That's good. You don't get to real until you get fresh. You need something fresh. You need a fresh touch from heaven. You need a fresh anointing. Then you get real and realize, I don't want to be a fake Christian. Let's just get real. Let's talk about it. Yep. Yep. Some people will get tweaked. Well, good. Get them out of your life anyways. Get real. And then watch power come. And the Holy Spirit is your helpmate. So no matter where we go from this point, just know nothing you could say is going to intimidate your pastors. Yeah. They will walk through anything with you. Yep. And if you're single, I would just say this, above all, above all else, guard your heart. And then learn biblical wisdom. The Bible, it talks about righteousness, which is the right way of doing things. It's a blueprint for you. And all through the Bible, I want to read this verse, and then we'll kick it off. So if you guys have that Matthew verse, Matthew 7, it's right there. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Hmm. Like a person who builds his house on the rock. The next verse, through the rain, though the rain comes and, and the floodwaters rise like it just happened in San Diego, and the, wheat, the winds beat against the house, it will not collapse because it's built on a rock. I'm going to tell you something. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Don't be a fool. Like a person who builds a house on the sand. And I say, when it rains and floods and the winds beat against this house, it will collapse with a crash. Your marriage must be built on a rock. Foolish people don't talk about when they're walking through seasons. 
And, and most people never get married. You don't walk down the aisle. I didn't walk down this aisle with her and go, mm, oh, yeah, mm, that's a good thing. This is a good thing. And the next day I'm like, ah, what happened, Lord? You know, you, know, you buy the field because there's a treasure in it. Still got to weed it, mow it, rototill it, get the gophers out of it. If you want to see that field flourish, you got to put the work in. And uh, we're 18 years later, three kids. We we, uh, still put the work in. I would say we're very passionate because on paper, we shouldn't have even made it this far. So it is truly a gift from God and the work that we've put into it. And by work, I would say the biggest thing that we have have really made ourselves do is be vulnerable and real. And we've even interrupted. I'm not suggesting you do this, but we have had moments where we've had to interrupt Pastor Egan and Leanne's date night. And they said, you need to get over here right now. We're going to deal with this. Incredible pastors. And you have pastors just like that, that would let you. But I'm not encouraging you to get to that place. But what I'm saying we got to that place. is that we've gotten to that place. And if you get to that place, it's okay. It's okay to say things are not good right now. And I remember that night. I said, I'm done with you, woman. And you're like, no, you're not. I so, forced him into the car. And then she goes, I'm calling Pastor Jurgen Leanne. Like, that's the card you're going to throw? <laughs> I said, oh, I Don't dare lie. you. I don't give a rip. I'll let him know. Little did he know I had already called Pastor Leanne. <laughs> and then Pastor Jurgen texts my phone, hey, we're at dinner. Come join us. I'm like, nope, you're on a date night. We're not interrupting date night. I'm not getting this car with this crazy woman. <laughs> and I, I get in the car. We didn't talk all the way there. Sat down. Pastor Jurgen told some jokes. Then he prayed for us, got some wisdom. We got in the car. We talked all the way home, and then it was a good night. He just forgot. (laughs) He forgot that Pastor Leanne has said that every woman is 10% crazy. It's the 10%. Just, it's just there, so we're just going to live with you it. You abused that quote, I yeah. think. Yeah. And also, he also forgot that Pastor Jurgen said, I'm a product of his husbandry, right? Oh, that one's true. That's a tough pill. It's true. But to give right, him hope. So, I'm a good disciple. Passionate. I listen to my pastors. Yeah, yeah, you're funny. Uh, the oil, just, what was it? Oh, go uh, ahead. I was just say, the oil flows down because my wife has definitely reached out to you too when yeah. I was being a knucklehead. Yes, so it just, see, it's, it's great. Goes, goes with the course. yeah. Yep, she will. That's the card. She's like, I will text Dr. Matt right now. <laughs> Good job, Pastor Lorani. Good she job. Is. So just to give you guys some hope, just real quick. I, I just there was a couple notes I had this morning when I was um, when I was just really praying about what what do we need to get as a church? Every campus is different. Yeah. We have our um, our marriage counselor preaching at our campus today. Just let you know, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on business as an entrepreneur and a masterminds and a you know, business coaching, all this stuff. And I've never thought twice about it. It's like, that's what business people do. We invest in our business. Um, but it was amazing because I just knew early on, man, the first thing God created was, you know, he created a lot of great things. But the one he said, mm, that's very good is marriage. And since the devil hates God and wants to destroy anything good, he tries to destroy marriage. So there is a full out war you know, over marriage. And as Christians, we're so freaking naive. I mean, if we are not praying together, if we're not in the word together, which is the blueprint for how to get it right, if we're not doing these smart things with Christ in the center, you're just asking for a butt whooping by the devil. And when you get there, it's amazing how many people want to blame God for a bad marriage. He's like, well, oh, you're coming to me now like a 911 button. 
You know, here's the easy eject button. Don't do it. Um, because what happens is if we could just get a couple things right, and if I could, um, Ephesians 5.33, do we have that one? Just a couple things that have helped me. L- l- read this one right here. No, that's a good one too. You want that one? You can go that, like one. that one. 429. I, Don't I use foul good. or abusive yeah. language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. I'm going to tell you that verse just right there, that blueprint. I had to take an inventory. And if your clothes were a wardrobe, would you be rich? You know, if, if I speak to my wife in if a way. If your words were a wardrobe, would If you my words rich? were a wardrobe, would, would, would my wife be rich? Would I be rich? You know, be careful what you say. Or use some words that are going to make you poor and look poor, you know. And it's like, do, am I speaking life over my bride? It's amazing. I was taking inventory, and I was probably 20, 80% the wrong way. And now I flipped it the other way. And you still got to work on it. You got to learn how to take every thought captive. You got to renew your mind every day. But those were some of the verses. Um, and you got the Ephesians 5.33 one. I just think it's funny. This one verse hit me, hit me the right way. If not, we find it, I'll read it to you. Okay, so again, I say, which means he's talking to men because he had to repeat himself. So, so again, I say, each man must love his wife if he loves himself. Interesting. If you don't love yourself, how can you love your wife? Wow. It's amazing. Like, men, you got to put the work in. You're the head of your home. And uh, if you don't put the work in and love yourself, how are you supposed to love your bride? So it's like you got to lead the way and do the hard things. When you're called to be a king, a king and a priest over your home, a king is a provider and a protector. But so let's just focus on the right things. Let's focus on identity in Christ because if we can do that, then we can love our bride right. And if we can love our bride right, a lot of other things fall in line right. So I just thought that that verse was a good one. Um, just some healthy habits real quick. And I know you, I'm just trying to pre-game in us. He has 10 questions. I know he does. We're going to get into them. Healthy habits, pray together, study the Bible together, serve and soak together. These are some of our hacks that we've done over the years. And if I said these words, how do you, um, when I say the word respect, is there respect in your home? The Bible talks about women, you got to respect your husband. If we can get respect and honor, guys can get into line and almost do anything. If my wife is saying, like, like cheerleading me, and I, can, I know she loves me, but when I feel respected and I feel honor, I want to go run through a wall. I want to head bump people. You know, it's like I want to get up and go fill up her gas tank. You don't have to do any of that. You just take me for a coffee. I'll be happy. That's not my notes. That's not my note. I didn't even know that. It's amazing. Hold on. Let me type that in here. And then the last thing that I want to say, it's, it's like core values and stuff, which we'll get into friendships due to your, some of your questions. But it's amazing. A lot of people know the fruit of the Spirit. Like, they'll know it. But it's amazing how many Christians don't know Galatians, where it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and they can't name all nine of them. But they want to move in power. They want to move in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's your helpmate, but you got to know, what is he helping you with? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, I can't tell you, if I could just apply some of that fruit of the Spirit, no matter, okay, right now I need joy. Lord, I need self-control. Lord, right now, faithfulness, faithfulness. I just... 
You know, it's just like certain things, you know, if we, if we can know them here, that's one thing, but that doesn't give you power. When you can apply them in your life, it will help you. Don't let, does, don't let Galatians through the Spirit be a, be a poster on your wall. You know what I mean? Let it be something in your heart and learn how to flex that muscle and exercise it. And, and God might keep putting you around that same issue until you learn what that word really means. What, what, is, what does that word mean? I mean, oh, well. That's so good. Come on. That was the intro, people. That's some gold. Yeah. It's good stuff. Sometimes right. we have to remind ourselves who we're arguing with. I'm like, am I arguing with this guy, or am I supposed to take this anger towards the enemy? Take it towards the devil. Take that, that passion, yeah. that anger to the right, right way. That's a, such a good word. You know, sometimes we have to start our morning and go, hey, can we be friends? Wow. You know, when you're doing ministry, <laughs> yep. businesses, life, and you're trying to help people, you're, just, you're running like two ships in the night. We just got to come together. I give her up because I can tell she's frustrated. I say, can we be friends? It's just like a reset because if we don't do that, it's like, what, what are we even arguing about? Right. Yeah. The devil wants to sow seeds of discord because where there's unity, God commands a blessing. So if he can bring disunity in your home, guess what? I don't care what verse you're preaching. If there's disunity in your home, you're, there's not going to be a blessing in your home. So if we can get this right first, then guess what? Everything else. Seek first the kingdom and all these things. So run after God. First thing, get with your bride or your spouse. Let God start to work on it first thing so you're not here all day. You can get here. Somebody said wow. I have to hug her and say, like, come on, babe, be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. So not to say we you know, have it all figured out in perfect marriage over here, but we always have the anchor of going back to each other and to God when times are hard, when it's stressful, when things are coming against us and it feels like everything is against us. Like last year, 2023, can, I wish I could just push the eject button. However, I also don't wish I could push the eject button because of a lot of great things came out of it because we got so fortified with each other and in our faith and our purpose and our calling. Wow. Um, so where I was going with that, but. No, it's just about, you're right. We, who's in your foxhole mentality mm -hmm. yeah. is, you know, we were reading our Bible on our own, Bible in a year, but last year, here's what happened. When all hell came against us, I found out, I found out who my warrior princess was. You know, we, we found out either it was going to destroy us or bring us closer. It brought us closer to God. It brought us closer together. So I wouldn't take it away, even though last year sucked. I wouldn't take it away because we're now on a different level of understanding, of, of, yeah. of, of walking through the valley of the shadow of death together. I will fear no evil. It's just I found out because two things happen when you're under pressure. When you get squeezed, you find out what really comes out of people. You know, it's, it's people say alcohol is a true sermon. It's not a true sermon. You just find out what they're most thinking about. Wow. Dr. Brian explained it. He said um, it brings out the most prevalent emotion, and you hone in on that emotion. So he, he said when, when you have a drink, then you, your pr most prevalent emotion that's underlying whatever's there, you become hyper-focused into that anger, joy, whatever it is for but it's very interesting to think about that. Yep. And, and so I, I would just tell you that Christian, when you think about marriage, Christians think you put on this Christianese, it's got to be perfect. And I could tell you is that's what's wrong with the church. 
we, we, don't, we don't come here to pretend we're perfect, but that's what you just, in essence, we end up doing because we feel like we don't want to be judged. But if we can clean the slate and come to church to get healed, restored, that we don't walk around perfect, that God wants to get in our mess, that, listen, you, I always tell my friends now, it's like, hey, let me buy you dinner because next year I might not be able to. You'll be buying me dinner, you know. <laughs> while I'm blessed, let me bless you. You know, while, while our marriage is good, we're going to uh, let us sow into your marriage. Who would, you're friends with matters. Right. Yeah. You got to take that very serious. Right. And I want to add to that. If you're single here, not yet married or in a relationship, if you can do your very best to work your ish out yeah. before you bring it into a yeah. relationship, you're going to set yourself up for the most incredible marriage relationship that you could ever imagine. If you come to church and make it your sole purpose to let God bring up the stuff that all of us have stuff. All of us are raised. My dad's an alcoholic. My parents are divorced. My family, I was raised Catholic, which means I went to church once or twice a year. Um, <laughs> but if, if we can deal with all of this stuff that comes up that God highlights to you, and you can leave that behind before you go into a relationship, use this time wisely. Don't be mad about being single. Like, God's giving you extra time to work your ish out. <laughs> Dude, what, what was so, what I love about this is because, you know, being raised in the church, I didn't realize I had all these Christianese things. One, I didn't like Christians by the time I got, came to Awaken, and I definitely didn't like pastors. And so, you know, God just took me on a journey to inter introduce me to Pastor Jurgen, which mess me up in every which way. I would sit in the front row and be like, this, uh, this is illegal to do in church. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, what, what? this worship is too loud. What, what are we doing? You know, it's like, he can't crack a joke in the pulpit. Oh my, I'm not, am I supposed to laugh? Am I going to hell if I laugh? I mean, I just had so many things messed up from some bad doctrine. I married a girl that got saved on the first Sunday in our church. Okay, so she has zero religion. So she'd go up to Pastor Jurgen and just say stuff, and I'd be like, you can't I got filled with the Holy Spirit before you. It's true. It's true. And then Pastor Jurgen had to school you. You better step up. Your girlfriend is surpassing Ooh, you. Talk about it. Yeah. It's true. It's true. He told me I had to lift up my game because uh, she was more on fire. Like, I didn't realize. She she goes, okay, black and white. I got to cut off my friends. She cut off her friends that were that were making bad choices, very bad. Her party girls, her fab four, she let them all go. And um, she started making different choices. She immediately if you know she heard the tithing message she was tithing i'm over here wrestling church just I wants look over money. he's crying during the tithe message i'm like what's the problem just give the money like <laughs> and so god was like, healing me up on all this all this church hurt that i had in my spirit and all this disappointment i had with my parents getting divorced and and but what happened was i just didn't know she had zero filter so when there was like struggle in our marriage Next thing I know, well, we Pastor Jurgen on a Monday is at my office going, hey, so Pastor Michaela said you guys got in a fight this week. And I'm like, what is her problem? <laughs> and he could see by my face that I'd be like, I can't wait to get home because I'm going to. And he goes, hey, my issue is why didn't you call me? I'm your pastor. Why is it your bride leading your family, not you? Busted. Because I'm one of those Christians that suck. Because the statistic, I know some of you just freaked out. Listen, the stats are the same marriage rate in the church as in the world. So that means, what are you going to do? And it's because as Christians, we just hide it till it's too late. 
As Christians, we think, oh, oh, this is the altar for somebody else, not me. Oh, if I go forward, oh, someone's going to feel bad. Oh, I don't want my friends to know, you know, I'm a connect group leader. And, you know, if the connect group leader goes forward, then I'm going to make everybody else stumble. No, you're just going to help everybody else in your connect group get real about their marriage and then yes. come forward. I love it. Okay, let's, let's, go, let's go real for a minute. Because I just think, let's go real for a minute. Okay, like, uh, you know. I thought that was like we were. real. I, that was super real. More real. That was okay. super real, but I'm going to double it. down and, you know, no discomfort at all. Sex. How often should married people do it? And let's get a little precursor because you guys have a great story. Premarital sex. Problems, how to, how to do it. Just Let's just go full, full, full tilt because no one feels uncomfortable right now. So let, I feel like. Let me do, let me do the premarital one. Do the premarital one. And then let's talk about no, when you're married, I what it should be. I want to do the unfiltered version. I know you're going to try to filter it. Oh, let Michaela have it. Go ahead. Go, you can go ahead. And then I'll, and then I'll, and then I'll fill in the Okay, bottom line. We're parts dating. you don't say. I was dating her, just trying to lead her as good as possible as a man. Uh, no, she gets saved in our church. She's, you know, we're just figuring this thing out. And honestly, I'm going to tell you what, when, when she got saved, I was waiting for Pastor Eric to come up to me and go, because every pastor in the past, I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to tell me I shouldn't date her. She doesn't know the Bible. She blah, blah, blah. Just take it slow. So he comes up to me and he goes, hey, did you see your girlfriend? Uh, I'm like, what? She raised her hand. She gave her life to the Lord. I said, oh, I know. I'm waiting for your next speech. And he goes, what? Oh, I know you're probably going to tell me don't date her. And he goes, are you an idiot? <laughs> If you don't date her, one of these other dudes in the church is going to ask her out for sure. So if you, listen, this is worse than I thought. You were definitely going to date her. She's going to become friends with Pastor Leanne, and everything's going to be good. Let her be a disciple of her. And no, what does Pastor Leanne call you? Oh, her first disciple. Her first disciple. Yeah, yeah it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. So then fast forward, you know, as we're dating, she doesn't understand. I mean, how could you say no to this if she's trying to have sex to you? with you. So, and finally, well, my background too was I didn't understand any I just got saved in our church. So, I had a journey to understand the biblical principles and right ways of doing things. And so when we went to pre-marriage counseling and they told us we couldn't get married because I didn't understand this concept of submission, like what do you mean I have to submit to this other person? And so these are all things that I had to learn. And so sex was another thing. I'm like, why? I don't understand. I was at San Diego State, 21 years old, like never been taught this principle. And he's trying to tell me that we can't have sex. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. <sighs> I look so. back now. I was like, what was I thinking? But I'll, I'll never forget. I'm, I'm sitting, Pastor Jurgen always just said, and I was so used to that religiosity. He said, if you ever get yourself in a situation, you call me anytime. So we're sitting on the couch. You know, things get heated. I'm like, I'm out of here. She goes, you're not leaving. You're having sex with me. And I said, I I'm, I'm, I'm leaving right now. I get my phone. I pass to Jurgen. Pass to Jurgen. What do I do? He literally answered the phone. I said, I, uh, she went in the room to change. She's trying to have sex with me. He goes, get out and run to your car right now. <laughs> so I literally get up. As I'm running, she hears me start going out the front door. She comes out. In her, in her new fashion wear, and starts chasing me in the apartment complex, chasing me, going, get back here, you're going to have sex with me. I said, no, I'm not. What am I doing? What am I doing? No, I'm not. And I get in my car. I start my car. And literally, it's so loud. I peel rubber out of this complex. I think I, mean, I was throwing shoes at you also. You were? Yeah. You were throwing shoes at me. Saying, get back here, you're going to have sex with me. I was thinking, what is everyone? They're coming to their windows. It's like, and so... I, I literally get in my car. Pastor Jurgen's like, oh, did you make it? I said, 
bro, she chased me down the apartment complex. What are we going to do? He goes, I'll have Pastor Leanne talk to her on Sunday. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's going to be fine. I said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I got out of there. This is the first I'm drawing the line. She, I'm so proud of you now. The hardest thing you're going to have to do, shut off your phone and don't turn it on until tomorrow. <laughs> Lock your door. If she comes over, do not let her in. Don't answer the door. Call me if you need me. Literally. I knew right there I had a pastor fighting for me. I was like, I was laying in my bed going, what just happened? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I've never done this before. I'm so proud of myself. So, so that works. 16-year-old you is like, what happened? What I, at 16, I was begging, Lord, let women chase me down one day, you know. So that was the one time that, that it worked out well. There was other times it didn't work out so well. So we did, we did slip up before we got married. But the most beautiful thing about Pastor Jürgen and Leanne, um, and I, I can take responsibility. I probably had, obviously, something to do with that. I was trying Not to stay behaving myself. He was 100%. 100%, 100% responsibility. He, yeah. I finally just gave in. I said, all right, Lord. I'm fine. So we, we were engaged by this point. And we were really trying to figure out, like, how do we, how do we fix this? Because then I started to understand. We were taught about soul ties. Like, this really started to make sense. And so we sat down with Pastor Jürgen and Leanne, and it was four months until our wedding day, and they just... Oh, no. That's not what we did. What? I didn't sit down. My wife comes home from a Sunday night service, and she goes, hey, I just want to let you know I told Pastor uh, Jürgen that uh, we slipped up. I'm like, you did what? You don't, you don't go tell her pastor that. <laughs> I'm like, I grew up religious. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did he say? Oh, he said he's just going to talk to you tomorrow at your office. Because he came in. He comes in every Monday for 18 years to get adjusted. Every Monday he gets adjusted. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm calling in sick. Sure enough, he comes in on a Monday. He gets adjusted, and he goes, hey, so. I, oh, dear Lord. And he goes, I know, man. It's hard to say no. And he goes, I get it. I said, no, you don't get it. Now what? I have to break up with her? He goes, no, man. He goes, I'm just going to teach you self-control. Got to have self-control. The good news is it could have got a lot worse. If you could say no to that for this long, then I'm worried you're gay. And then we got to pray for a whole other thing. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a real pastor just walking me through. And I'm like, is he joking? Is he serious? What is going on right now? I did not know how to take this pastor serious. And, and so he prayed for me says, listen, I get it. I'm not judging you. Let's get it. You're going to get stronger But we day. did sit down. And, yeah, then and we, we did. So then we sat down. We repented, and we hit the reset button. They prayed with us, and they taught us the reasons why, what to do, and said, be good for four months before your wedding day, and God will bless your marriage. And we did that. We, yeah. made, a, we made a commitment to stay abstinent for four months, which was very hard. Um, <laughs> and then we got married. And then everything changed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. So let's switch gears now. Okay. Yes. So because God, God knows this. Let this hit somebody. God knows he made sex awesome. Like he knows it's awesome. But yeah. help us now. Marriage. It's not just for reproduction. God has a, a plan. Just give us any wisdom there on. When you, a lot of, a lot of, I, I take a lot of people through this, that when they're raised in a very religious home, their honeymoon isn't glorious. Mm. Their sex life isn't glorious because religiosity is a buzzkill. And it will, it will steal joy. And, and it's amazing how much deprogramming needs to happen if that religious spirit is in your bedroom. Wow. Honor and respect... You know, in the Bible in Genesis, 
you know, it talks about right in the beginning of Genesis. It says they stood there and they had no shame. They were naked. It's amazing how many, how many just need to get back to the basics of Genesis, read the blueprint, get naked. Don't have shame around it. And just know that when two become one, it is meant to be. Just start reading the Psalm of Solomon over and over again. Songs of Solomon. It is a, it makes me uncomfortable reading that thing. Okay, it is meant to be amazing. And you got to, I can't tell you, it breaks my heart knowing that I take so many guys down this journey. But if you are not having sex and good sex, that is why the pornography industry is so gnarly. And it's not just men, it's men and women. You, You look at, you look at some, even the OnlyFans thing right now. Like, why would women have to turn to that or men have to turn to that? And then people are paying for that. I mean, it's prostitution. And it's sad to see that, but it's because that home life in the church, it is the church's fault. We take full responsibility. Our country is where it's at is because the church backed off talking about sex, talking about real things that matter, talking about finance, talking about politics, talking about all of it. Your bedroom... It, it has to be. It's not just for procreation. Yeah, be fruitful and multiply, but let's have fun doing it along the way. Amen. Okay, and learn what the biblical mandate is for your marriage. And the minute there's condemnation or shame, the devil's in it. If there's condemnation or shame or you don't have a good feeling about sex, there, the devil is in it, and you gotta, you got to fight for deliverance and fight for freedom. Because it, what was that verse you read in Corinthians to me? Do you still have that? It's amazing because you got to hear this verse in that context. Because if this isn't happening. I thought you were talking about, let's see. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, sec- since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relationships with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and is likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Wow. Yeah. How powerful is that? It's true. People that are deprived, the devil's going to come in and start tempting. So I would so, say, yeah, and, and sex can be used, don't take this, like might sound shallow, but as a tool. For, for me, I know that it's a way to protect my marriage because oftentimes men struggle more with addiction and pornography and things like that. I'm not saying women don't, but I, the statistics show that men do more. But for me, it is somewhat of a, a motivation to keep us connected to protect our marriage. And anytime I think about that, it's like, oh, my gosh, yes. Because let's be honest, like, sometimes it's a little harder for the wives. We go through seasons. We have babies. We have, you know, different hormones and things like that. And I think it's really good to get on the same page in your marriage and discuss those things. Um, and so that your husband can be clear about the expectations during a time of having a newborn, during the time. Certain times of the month, like he, he just know, like know what's going on with your wife, so that your expectations aren't out of control. But then wives also take responsibility and initiate when there is the opportunity. Yeah, we we've done this with our 
we, we take our friendships very, we talked about in the first service, the importance of friendships. Yeah. And um, real friendships will get in your business. Real friendship, real friends that say, oh, yeah, I know they're going through this thing right now. I just don't want to get involved. You know, it's their private life. You're a crappy friend. Real friends get in there. And we have, you know, we're up here with our four best friends right now. Um, They're coming to the next service. We'll talk about them openly. Right in front of them. Right in front of them. It'll be Um, fun. And the truth is we get in each other's business. If if they're doing something stupid, I'll tell them. You know, if if your marriage isn't a 9 or 10, if it's an 8, I'm going to start asking questions. If it's at a seven out of 10, I'm gonna, that's a C average in school. You, no one cheers on their kids for getting C's. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm gonna be like, okay, good. How are we gonna study? How are we gonna, how are we gonna fix this? Wow. You're, you're less than a seven. I'm gonna headbutt you. You don't bring D's ho- D homes in this house. You know what I mean? Like, let's raise the bar a little bit. But friends are so scared to go this because maybe they don't know how to be a friend. They were never mirrored a friendship, what real relationships look like. Yeah. You, our values, when we take on relationships, you just gotta know, are they friends for a season for a reason and for a lifetime. Yeah. Our lifetime friends, we have real conversations. We sit around and talk about real stuff. We will be in it. I know when my, my three dudes are going through marriage stuff, I'm not gonna allow them, the devil, to come in and wreak havoc in their lives. We're gonna talk about parenting. We're gonna talk about raising kids. We're gonna talk, if I see their kids doing stuff, they're like, bro, what's going on? We have full permission to get involved in our friendships because you're at war with the devil that hates you. And you will be a statistic unless you open up your eyes and reading another scripture without applying it isn't going to help you. So you've got to know that coming to church on a Sunday to check the box isn't going to grow you in your faith. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we go to our marriage counselor four times a year. We pregame it. We just went on Tuesday. Thought we were pretty good, but some stuff came up. So now we're going to do the homework. We'll go back next quarter. And if he said, listen, let's do a couple weeks in a row, we'll do a couple weeks in a row. We are going to shine a light on every dark crevice that the enemy could be lurking in because we're going to make it across the line and finish strong. But you got to put the work in. Don't care more about your business, more about your life, more about these things. Don't lose yourself and your kids. A lot of families do that. So all these things are important. So we, even with our good friends, yeah. they were talking about their um, sex relationship, and it wasn't good. And what advice did we give them? Oh, we told them, you guys just got to have sex. Yeah, so it's, they, it's called the seven-day sex challenge. Yeah, they were, like, totally disconnected, just misfiring. And it, they didn't even bring up the topic of intimacy. But we were just like, it just sounds like you guys are not connected. Like, you need to just get intimate. And so he started making little comments. I said, quit making your passive-aggressive comments. You know, let's just, wow. you know, let's do the seven-day sex challenge. So you guys are going to have sex every day for seven days. And at the end of seven days, let's talk about it. You guys can journal. You guys can talk about it, even if you don't want to, even if you don't feel like it, even if you retire. Seven days. So the big joke is, because of that seven days sex challenge, they have a little girl called Lily. And, uh, <laughs> and, and now they're playing us all like, if anything happens to us. Matter of fact, No, they're pretty much like, yeah. one of your sons has to marry our daughter because she basically is caused by you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maverick or Merrick has to marry Lily yeah. because we made them have Lily. Yeah, exactly. But and, and not only, you know, that's a product of good coaching. Good job, babe. But not only did they have the baby, they got reconnected. They started talking about the stuff. Yes, they started getting vulnerable. She came from a very religious background. He, you know, he came from nothing. And so they're just working it out. And we broke that down. And now we just, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's too open. Okay, calm down, you know. <laughs> 
But it's it's yeah. where we're at now, and they are thriving and very healthy. But they wouldn't have been there if we just gave them some, you know, read your Bible together, which is important. But we had to get past it. Have sex, then read your Bible. We had to give real practicality. It's amazing. Like, when you say sex, it's amazing to see people get, they feel like it's so dirty. But my mom's generation, she felt the same way. She was there when I said, oh, yeah, we're bringing up our, our counselor to do, you know, He's going to do a, she, I could see she physically got nervous. We just told the whole church we're in marriage counseling. Because her generation, it was a faux pas if you went to counseling. You guys were weak. You guys were broken. You didn't trust God, all this stuff. And I talked to my mom. I said, Mom, I saw your body. You kind of like gave me a funky look when I was inviting our, I even said we hung out with our, you know, our, our, our uh, counselor at the Super Bowl party. That triggered you. She goes, I'm just realizing we have different beliefs about counseling her counselor failed her and she was so embarrassed because she was like the only people in the church going to counseling I said mom that's the problem with the church that's why I said I'd never go back to church is because of the church I was raised a bunch of fake people wow half were having affairs half were doing this half were you know the the dads were drunk every night like you think that's church just because you all showed up on your Sunday best Get real. I don't want to do church with Sunday best. Wow. Okay. I want to transition to arguments. So we uh, last week, my wife preached an amazing message on cycles, and sometimes you find yourself in a cycle. So my question is, what would be the most common reoccurring disagreement or cycle that you guys face, and what is healthy fixing it look like? And just for fun, what does the unhealthy times look like? We have gone through every cycle of arguments, I think. We've done it wrong, and we've done it healthy. Um, I think one, just really transparent, one that we're getting on the same page about right now, and it's been really good for me because I'm like, why can't we get on the same page about this and like fix it really quick? But it's not something you can just fix really quick because you're dealing with two people who grew up in different homes who have different ideologies, who have different backgrounds, who have different issues, bringing them together. And so parenting has has been on the top of at least my radar lately. And just the way I want, I, my expectations for him as a dad with two boys, my expectations as a dad of a daughter, I want this to look this way. I want it to be like this. And without me being a controlling wife and a controlling mom trying to like make all these things happen and let him have the realization of, on his own um, is a delicate place. And so actually that's the topic we brought up with, or at least was my, on the top of my radar for this last week. And I think um, it's been really good to, like we've had moments of tension around it where it's a heated argument, but that there's no fruit in that. Like, I think we were just in the middle of it one night a couple of weeks ago about this topic, and then it just, it doesn't end well. Like that, late at night, everyone's tired, I, I don't even want to talk about this, whatever. Um, you don't say, the, there's no fruit. But when we're able to have a healthy conversation, like at our marriage agenda, we have every single week, we have a meeting together about our marriage, and we can talk in a healthy way and bring it to Brian, you know, at, in his office and talk about it in a healthy way and talk about all the emotions it brings with it and, you know, the big picture. And so I would just be really mindful and wise about when you're talking about things, what you're talking about, whether it's a it's going to be a heavy topic. There's certain times and certain ways to bring up a discussion. Yeah, a real important tangible stuff is like, you know, when I'm on my way to my office on a Monday, don't bring up heavy conversations. <laughs> like she knows it's like, I don't want to be getting in an argument or dealing with 
heavy things on my way where I'm in an office that's a healing office and I got to keep my headspace real. Mm-hmm. You know, so like. And I can respect him by not doing that. I can show him honor and respect by holding my emotions that you just walked out the door and I'm super angry with you and I really just want to leave you an ugly voice memo right now. But I'm not going to because I want to honor and respect my husband. And then I can wait until Tuesday when I know I have an hour of his attention and bring it up in a way that's less heated. Yeah, it's better, it's better that we just put our stuff on our marriage agenda. That way on date night, and we don't miss date night, it's, we're not talking about business or our marriage or our dysfunctions. We've handled all that family stuff on our marriage agenda for coffee. And so that way when we go on date night, we can just date each other. And, you know, J. John says it best. If there's more marriages courting, there would be less marriages in court. And, and so it's just so important to get, do the right things the right way. And we just know we got to fight fair. And I can tell if she's heated towards me or upset with me, I just got to go, hey, let's be friends. You know, hug and be like, hey, what's the underlying issue? Yeah, and, and we're the still underlying issue out. is always what you want to search for. So if I'm upset about this parenting situation, I have to look inward and go, why am I so, why is this so upsetting to me? Why is, why am I so passionate about this? Why am I being mean to him about this topic that I'm fired about? Well, I know it's because I was modeled a father that I wouldn't want for my kids to be modeled. And so it's my own issue. At the end of the day, it's usually our own issue that's coming out, even though it's still a good topic for us to discuss and get on the same page about, but you have to look inward to find out why it's so heated. (laughs) That's wisdom right there. Listen, there's been times, I mean, we talked about the last service, and we don't have time to go into it, but she straight up throat punched me. <laughs> we were in the worst position it could be, and we're, we're all good. We worked it out. But, I mean, she straight up hammered me in the throat. I thought she broke my vocal box because I was piping off to her. And then she started pointing at me. I was he being deserved rude. it. He was being rude. Yeah. And I had a newborn, and it was 115 degrees. And, so, yeah, just, and she just let saying. me have it. And if we can get through that, you can get through anything. <laughs> It took that spirit of self-control for me not to throw her off the boat while it was moving. But if God can get in the middle of that, God can do anything. So there's always hope for marriages. Amen. All right, so come on. Can we thank? Is that real? That's honest. It's honest. I love it. There is hope for your marriage. We were talking up in the green room how I taunted my wife right after I have a newborn to punch me. And she took me up on the offer, so it was good. Uh, but hey, what we're going to do right now, I just want to see if maybe we'll have time to pray. Yeah, let's let you guys pray over us, whether you're single, married, and here. And then listen, every, 8.30 was completely different than the 12, so if you want to hear what's going to come out at the next service, or at the 10s, if you want to hear, feel free to stay. Probably more wild things will come out at the 12. But let's just, let's, let's, uh, let's stand on our feet and let's yeah, pray. Two things. I'll, babe, I want you to pray, because you got... You got that power anointing. Bam. Listen, don't come to church and pretend you're perfect. Your kids know the truth. I never talked to them about their marriage. I asked their kids. And, and I want to tell you this. Single people, don't get weird. Date. Draw boundaries. Have self-respect. If you're a woman, you just hold out and you just tell that dude you're dating... I need an emerge man. They might not even know what you mean. Send them to Pastor Tuggle or the front row dudes, and we'll teach them what an emerge man is. I have a lineup of emerge single men coming to emerge. 
that then they're going to start dating some of these ladies we got at Awaken in San Marcos. But I'm, I'm straight up determined to disciple them right. Because a, a lot of dudes out there don't have dads that are discipling their kids. So we'll take on that mantle to help. And if you're in here today and you are married and it's not a nine or a 10, I need, I need you to open your mind to help your unbelief. We've watched the craziest stories that we've walked couples through at our campus. Nothing is too embarrassing for God to get in the middle of your mat. He can heal up anything, the most calloused heart. You might say your marriage is frozen. He can thaw out anything. So as my wife prays for you today, even if you don't wanna hold your spouse's hand, just try to hold it. Don't squeeze it, break it. If you're like, no, I don't wanna hold the hand, then just get close with the intention like we need a miracle. Some of you that have great marriages and you're still married, give God honor in that because every day there's statistics that are disgusting, that are very sad for the future generations. And there's a group of young people now, the Gen Zers that don't wanna get married. They wanna cohabitate. And in Arizona right now, they just built the first ever community that there's no cars, that everything is just walking distance. They even have areas of all the single people that don't believe in marriage that they could all live together. Let me just tell you, that's, that's, that's a generation that's lost hope. So let's be a generation that inspires hope in marriage for our kids to set the standard. So, babe. Yeah, let's pray. I wanna encourage you. I can tell you there's been hundreds of God stories, even just at our women's prayer meeting. Like the, the, the biggest God stories at our prayer meetings have been marriages restored. And it's been so incredible to see what God's doing. So why don't we pray together? Lord, I thank you for your presence in our relationships. That when there's a three-stranded cord, it cannot be broken. We come against the plan of the devil. We come against the plan of the enemy. We cancel and bind his power that we may have let in. And we thank you, Lord. We hit the reset button today in your presence, in your house. We hit the reset button with our spouse. I thank you, God, that your presence is here, that you are healing hearts, that you are causing forgiveness to happen. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in our relationships. We thank you, Lord, that when we yield to you, when we are vulnerable and open to you, God, that you can do anything, that nothing is too far gone, that you are a God of the impossible. And when relationship looks impossible when the other person we look and look at them and it feels and looks impossible that Lord we give it to you anything that is um weighing heavy on us this morning. We give it to you, God. We give you our stress. We give you our worries, Lord. And we thank you that you're causing us to be connected to our spouse, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit is in the middle of our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.